that's all right for you That's all right now mama Any way you do But that's all right winner of the Iris Prize. Congratulations. Wow, that's, that's quite overwhelming. <laughs> Head to our website, then click on Festival. This is where you'll find and watch all of this year's films. Hello, welcome to the Iris Podcast. This year, we're all about Best of British. Welcome to opening night of the 14th Iris Prize LGBT Plus Film Festival. For nearly two decades, Emmanuel Anyamosigwe's obsession with diversity has won the hearts and minds of filmmakers and audiences alike. His blueprint for how minorities should be represented has stood the test of time, long before the penny dropped for other institutions far and wide that diversity truly matters. This year, as Buff marks its 15th anniversary, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Never has diversity been more relevant than in 2020. And as long as the issue remains in the public eye, Emmanuel has ensured that for creatives everywhere, the British Urban Film Festival is a broad church that welcomes all creeds and all colors, comfortable in its own skin and bold in its approach to storytelling and showcasing film as seen through the social and cultural lens. 
From BFM to Buckingham Palace, it's been quite a journey for the man who literally bet the house on making Buck the success that it is today. Film Festival. I'm Claire Anyamo Sigwe. I'm the Managing Director at Bath. This is our 15th anniversary, 15th annual festival. And today I'm here doing the Q&A with the Drama Showcase Free. So these films are incredible shorts. They're all on the Apple TV app right now for you to go and watch. I'm going to introduce the first person on the Q&A today, which is Dixita. Dixita, if you could just tell us your name, your the name of the project that you're involved in and how you came to be on that project? Um, yeah, so my name is Dixita. Um, I, I kind of co-wrote the um, film The Vlogger with Rishi and um, I've known him since I was 18. So uh, we used to go to uni together and we used to sit in film studies classes together. So it's so nice that we, we kind of did a film together um, and I, was uh i was the main person in the film so it's it was nice to be um it was nice to do this uh, be a part of this project with him um so yeah perfect so your actress you co-write it and so i'll bring that you on rishi yeah hi so my name's rishi and i wrote and directed and also edited uh the vlogger nice. um, it was a very independent production so you know very small crew Lovely. So yes, welcome Rishi. Um, you're the director of the vlogger, fantastic movie. Can you just tell us how you got involved in the project? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so, so it was a couple of things. So um, I got married a couple of years ago and yeah. uh, my wife uh, used to watch a lot of makeup tutorials. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people in the Indian community, like my cousins, were like starting to do like makeup tutorials and putting it on Facebook and putting you on Instagram and so forth. And I used to watch them and think to myself that, wow, like they're really well edited and really well made. And I kind of had that at the back of my mind. Um, and then the other second reason why I wrote the vlogger was just constantly being rejected from loads of like script competitions and applying for jobs and stuff like that. So it was a lot of uh, frustration. I actually um, got rejected twice from the BBC writer's room Whereas like they sent me an email to say, sorry, you didn't make it. And about two minutes later, they sent me another email. So I thought, oh, it must be like, I'm 
they they like said, oh, it's like, made a mistake. And, like, yeah, like you're in. And then I read the email and it was like the same email again. So I was like, great, this is just like getting rejected twice. It's, just, it's like just, a gut, double gut punch. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, so, and so then I just, um, I've been writing scripts for about seven years. I've had three, two films produced. Um, and I just thought that now's the time to like try and like do something myself. Um, and so that's how um, the vlogger came to be, like just that idea of a makeup artist in front of a camera. So I just thought as my first project as a director, I wouldn't have to mess around with too much camera stuff. It's just constant one shot. And then that's how the idea for it came about. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Verna, welcome to the Q&A. Just let us know the title of your film and how you came to direct this movie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so the title of the film is Winter Coat and uh, I wrote and directed it. And it was um, uh, similar to you guys, like super grassroots, just kind of, uh, um, I have a few friends who work in the industry, but at very, um, like more below the line jobs. And so I just got a bunch of my friends together and we were like, let's make something that we all kind of want to be a part of. And the script came from, I, when I had first moved to London, I was quite, uh, I was quite isolated and quite alone. And I've, I've lived, I lived, um, I've lived away from my family for, since I was 16. So not, I mean, a lot of people are similar, but I, I ended up having other adults who ended up being, playing parental figures or parental roles in my life. And I wanted to explore this idea of how you can, how you can illustrate um, a relationship between two people. Uh, and in this case, uh, a mother and a son or a woman and a boy and see if uh, <laughs> I'm giving the ending of the film away, but whatever. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Everyone's watching it today because your films are in the spotlight for this day of the program. So they've either watched it before. They're going to watch it straight after. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, no, and, and, and the, uh, I guess the the story really came because I, I wanted to to as an exercise I wanted to see if I could prove to myself but also try and convince an audience um, that a mother and a son kind of relationship and bond and that significant bond can actually be uh, present between two strangers or not strangers but two people who have no blood blood relation or who aren't family and so that was kind of the um, the story or the anchor of the of, of, of the film. And the, yeah, no, and that was, it, it's just taking, I, I took little moments from growing up that I remember between my, my myself and my mother as well. So it's weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm proving, I'm trying to prove that you can have someone be a mother in your life who's not family, but then I use memories and experiences of my own mother. So it's not to say, it's not an anti-family film. It's more to express and emphasize the importance of familial figures in your life in some way nice. um, and so yeah that's I'm going to keep droning on if you keep letting me speak so okay it's the title of your film and a little bit about the synopsis and how you got involved in the project uh yeah sure so um my short's called uh where are you from um and it's basically about it kind of explores how to answer the question uh where are you from which um if you're like as ethnically ambiguous as myself you probably get asked quite a lot um and it's a difficult question to answer because, you know, um, you're not really sure what, what it is they mean by that. When, you know, when you say you're from Britain, sometimes people look at you like, no, no, but where are you really from? Uh, and uh, the short film was actually written by my cousin, who's a really talented artist. Um, she kind of came to me with like a spoken word poem um, 
and, and wanted to kind of adapt it to a film. Um, and we applied for some funding uh, through the BBC and we were lucky enough to get through the second time around after we shot some test footage. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the screenplay just really kind of spoke to me because she managed to kind of articulate uh, how it feels to be asked that question and like how difficult it is to answer it in a way that I've never been able to quite describe myself. So, um, um, so my, my dad's side, uh, his mum is from Cape Town. She was like a Cape Coloured uh, from like District 6. Uh, and his dad is from this island called St. Helena, um, uh, uh, which we actually talk about in the film a little bit. Um, it's like a tiny island uh, to the east of Africa. Um, it's one of like the most isolated places in the world. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, so, so people only know it because I think Napoleon was like banished there. Uh, <laughs> and recently they, they built an airport, but they couldn't land planes um, because it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't safe because of sheer wind. So still quite difficult to get to. <laughs> And even more so with like COVID. And, and so, how does how do those two kind of islanders come come and end up in Stevenage? Yeah, uh, well, so he joined the Merchant Navy. Um, met my grandmother in Cape Town because um, that's like the, the nearest port to uh, Saint Helena. Back in like the sixties, I think this was. Um, and then after he was done in the Merchant Navy, he moved to the UK um, because it's sort of like a British uh, what's the word like colony. Um, yes. So, so he, he had like British citizenship. So he came to the UK uh, and then he forgot to meet my grandmother um, when she got off the boat uh, and kind of left her stranded in London with not knowing anyone, uh, which, she, which she held against him for a, for a very long time, I think. <laughs> Rishi, I just want to come to you and just talk about, obviously you've said that the vlogger is a very, was in a sense, sounds like it was quite an easy film for you to, Direct. Is this your first credit as a director? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, no worries. But even still, was there any kind of challenges that you experienced? And if so, what were they? Yeah, so um, I, think, I think the main challenge was just a general like nervousness, um, especially like a few weeks, like a, about a week before we we're going to start shooting the film. Because um, I was, because I'd bought myself a Canon 80D camera to film it on. Sure. Um, and so I, taught myself how to use the camera just by watching like YouTube tutorials. Wow. Uh, and um, the producer, um, whose name is uh, Dean Anderson, um, he, I was like always like messaging him to like, like asking him about how to set up the camera. And I was doing tests with my wife to like make sure everything was like looking great and all the rest of it. So it was, that, that was like the main challenge was just kind of making sure like the, the lighting, the camera, the sound would all kind of like look good. And I mean, not to give like the spoiler is like, Dixieter is in a, a, a prison cell. So it was like that thing of, we had to kind of at first make it out like she's in her bedroom. But then yeah. obviously as the movie progresses, she's in prison. Wow. Lawrence, just thinking about the process of making your film, did you find that you had any challenges on set or was there anything that's missing from the film that you wish, ah, if we had a little bit more time, I would have loved to have done blah. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there were a lot of challenges because we um, we integrated some like sort of animated paintings um, using projections, projections, which were uh, kind of a nightmare to use like in, in locations because um, obviously you're really restricted by like the size of the room. Um, so to try and fill a wall was like super difficult. Um, you know, we were constantly like schlepping furniture out of the way. Uh, on one, on the first day we had, we were shooting with a 96 year old man, um, bless him, who, who was great. Uh, and thankfully all, all he had to do was sit in a chair, but 
you know, he was nodding off every now and again and I had to kind of quietly, gently wake him up. And, uh, and then there was a huge rainstorm. So all the light, we were lighting a lot of it from outside. Um, the lights were getting blown over. Uh, we, you know, we were erecting like tents to try and keep everything dry. So yeah, it was a lot of, um, there was a lot going on um, in those three days. Uh, yeah, the last, super weird actually. Um, <laughs> we were shooting this gallery in Luton. Um, because um, my cousin's an artist, she, she managed to get the space for quite cheap. Um, and uh, there was just like a weird rave going on out in the street at like three, four in the morning because it was a night shoot. Um, nice. Yeah, really strange. Well, maybe uh, not nice if you needed quiet on set or no. if you had <laughs> flashing lights or something that was irritating to your production. Did it kind of gel? Was that okay? No, uh, no, it was really, uh, <laughs> it was really annoying. Wow, brilliant. And then therefore, Dixita, what was it like having to kind of, is this your first credit as an actress? Um, no, I've done a few bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, it was really fun to do because we had to, um, because I was doing my makeup, we, and because of continuity, I had to make sure that we kind of did it in chronological order, didn't we? I, I think yeah. we did it. Yeah, we did it chronologically. So because I, I, we didn't want to take the makeup off and then redo it. So like yeah. we literally did it as we went along. Um, so that was quite interesting. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Did you find any part of the process challenging? Um, point of view? Did you trust Rishi? As oh, a yeah. Director? Yes, of course, of course. Like he's actually a really good friend of mine. So um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and the thing is, I think I, because I'm not a filmmaker, so I was really confused as to how he was going to do it because just of the continuity and like, which scene do we do first? Do we, you know, so then we kind of decided to do it in chronological order. And I think for me, that was a little bit challenging just to understand how he would do it because I was doing my makeup in stages um and there were it, it was being edited so yeah I guess I just wanted to understand it in my head but um and we we did a rehearsal as well didn't we last year we did a we rehearsed it as well yeah I mean yeah we, I came to Dixie's house just to like do a quick like just with the camera and just we just went through the script and then I edited it just to see how it looked and it kind of turned out pretty well so I was like oh this is going to actually work because um when like so when I had the idea for the script like I knew it was about a makeup artist and she was kind of giving a tutorial but then there had to be something else going on underneath it mm -hmm. that's where the kind of confession side of the tutorial come through so the way that me and Dixie had split the writing was I'd write the confession parts and she'd write the the makeup parts because I didn't sure. know what how a bridal Makeup. No, you didn't know about makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how we. So then she wrote the, all the makeup stuff, and I wrote the confession stuff, and then we kind of merged the two scripts together, and then I kind of saw, and then yeah, like when it came to the day of the film again, that was one of the other kind of really like nerve-wracking things was that we shoot each section like three or four times, and then it will be like that trust, like okay, let's move on to the next scene now, because then like if we if if that didn't work then the continuity of the makeup wouldn't work and all the rest of it so yeah. that was so like I think for most I, I, it wasn't like David Fincher where I was doing like 78 per scene it was literally like I think we did about the max was about 10, 10 takes we did one. a few yeah for each thing yeah, yeah to make sure that we had different range of like emotions so that when it came to the edit like if that one didn't work then I could use another one but yeah, yeah. so so you had good coverage as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As well, yeah, because that's important. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I'll bring you in. Was there any challenges with the winter coat? Well, I actually, now that you just mentioned coverage, um, coverage was actually a, a big issue because we only had two days to shoot and we had wow. quite a few locations and we only had, a, because we had a very, very small budget, a lot of the locations we were able to negotiate them to let us shoot there for free, but it was within hours that they weren't working or operating. Mm. And so we did not have a lot of time for scenes at all. And so sometimes, uh, you know, I, I had we I worked with the actors as best we could to to really get what we what we needed within the time frame that we had. And uh, one aspect that made it quite difficult was it was one of it. I it's it was my debut film as well. And so I hadn't worked before. I hadn't worked with um with a child actor before. Wow. Uh, yeah, Buddy who plays who plays one of the leads, Wayne. But uh, so so there were there were quite a few things that that I had to kind of learn on the on the spot. But one thing that really proved to be quite helpful was improvisation and doing a lot of improv with him because I found that uh, with the lack of lack of time that we had to shoot, improvising and allowing him and Angie to kind of riff off of one another and to use the script as a foundation to to, to bring in a bit more a, a bit more of realism into the story was really really helpful to kind of nice. we would just we would shoot all their improvs so that we could use some of that as coverage within the edit rather yeah. than relying the relying on them getting lines exactly the way that you know I wanted to because in the end of the day it was less about the lines it was more about what was being conveyed through what they were saying and so as long as they were kind of conveying that in a way that we did in the improv that was what I that was what I needed. Um, so that was one of the, I would say that was one of the tough things, which is, you know, uh, learning on my part, you know, because I, I guess you're always learning, you don't really ever know, but especially for someone who has, doesn't have as much experience directing, it was, uh, it was, it was super, super fun, but it was definitely uh, just, yeah, a learning process. And then just shooting with uh, a lack of time that we would otherwise have wanted more of. So, yeah. No worries. We got everything. We got everything we needed in the end, and I was I'm, I'm super happy with how it came out. So good, perfect. good. That's all that matters. And Lawrence, what about you? A moment in your movie where you're like, yeah, I did my thing. <laughs> um, I think I, I don't know if there's like a particular moment, but um, I, I'm pretty proud of the way it came out. Like, it, it was it was a lot more abstract than the stuff I'm used to usually making, uh, and it was like quite a challenge to. Um, so obviously the, the the writer was had more of an artist background and and you know what she was kind of envisioning was very different from what I was where I was coming from. Um, so yeah, I was just I don't know. I, was, I mean we you know I, I spent a lot of time with um, the DOP Daniel, um, you know, working on the kind of lighting and like the the mood and the visual tone and stuff like that. Um, so I was really proud with how how that came across and kind of felt like we nailed that, especially in the the opening scene uh, with the, with this old man in the chair. Um, while he's kind of watching his TV. Um, but yeah, just, you know, there was, there was, it was like, oh, is this going to work? Like, so I was going home every night and I was cutting the rushes until like 4 a.m., um, you know, just to make sure that, you know, what we were getting was, was working. And uh, thankfully it was like, you know, because obviously sometimes you have a storyboard and you look at the storyboard, uh, but then, you know, you get to the edit and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? So, um, yeah, luckily, you know, thankfully, all, all the hard work paid off in it, and it really came together. That is right. You guys have got fantastic films that are potentially up for Biffers, Baftas, Amers, different things now, and have obviously officially festival selected, which is brilliant. So, Rishi, 
the flip side of that then is what scene in the film are you most proud of as a director? What film, what, what, what scene do you look at and you think, you know what, this is, this is why I make, I want to make films. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's quite, cause obviously like it's just one static shot throughout the whole film. But I think the, the one thing that I really enjoyed the most, especially when I was like going over the script, I'm um, sorry, going over the edit. Um, there's a bit at the end of the film where uh, Dixie has got this like, uh, red powder in her hair and in Indian culture um, when a woman gets married uh, a cinder yeah so when she get uh, when, an, when an, uh, an Indian bride gets married um, the, the husband puts like some uh, like red powder on her on her head um, and so throughout the whole film she's got that and then right at the end before she signs off she scrubs that off and it's something that a lot of Indian people who watch it would understand what's happening so um, but yeah it's just a little thing in the script that just kind of symbolizes like she's moving on. So that's uh, one of my favorite bits of the of the script. Lovely. And Dixie, as an actress, was there any parts of it that you felt, because you have done work on other projects, but for this film, The Vlogger, was there any parts that you felt, yeah, I've really been, this is something that's going to be fantastic to add to my showreel, or this, this has challenged me in a way that I've not potentially been challenged on another project? What about um, you? Yeah, I think, uh... What I it was so in one part I had to eat uh, prison food, so we'd made like a corn burger or something to make it look like a beef burger, and we had some I don't know what I think it was mashed potato or something, uh, and I think it was that like, um, like rice know, pre pre yeah. cooked rice pre cooked rice or something yeah, yeah. so I I had to eat that on camera, and um, just in a really kind of like un dignified way mm. and for me that was that was quite that was quite fun because I'd never really done that on camera before then so um to do that uh and, and the interaction with the with the jail prison guard officer um and that yeah that was quite fun for me to sort of eat try and eat that burger on camera um, in, in an actual deliberate way of looking yeah at, yeah the it's, it's just it was really undignified and like yeah. um because she it was her last meal and she'd asked for something uh, quite a bit more glamorous and she she ended up just getting a like a beef patty or something and right. uh it's just something really plain so yeah and again yeah. like with indian culture like eating beef is sacred so it was like the prison is just kind of giving up just whatever i had to eat it Actually, yeah yeah yeah, and plus with Dixita, like, she was always on, in shot, like, throughout the whole film, like, it's just on her face the whole way, so there's, like, there's, like, a really, like, great acting from her. Mm, to command the screen as a close-up for the whole yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, kudos to you, oh, Peter. Verna, what moment are you most proud of in your movie, Wintercoat? Uh... I, I would say I would say the the last shot actually because the last shot was something that I had thought about first when I was writing the script. Um, luckily, because sometimes coming up with the last part of the film is a bit difficult. So if you if you know that what the ending is going to be at the beginning, it's, it <laughs> solves a lot of issues for you. So it, the ending works a lot with music as well. So I it the whole story kind of comes together. You realize. Um, the relationship between the two characters and then also the emotion behind the entire day that they had spent together kind of comes out at the very end once both the characters are alone and so it was it was essentially the the emotional climax of the film and i had i had been 
quite uh, curious to see how that would play out. And I didn't know if it was going to work properly because we were intercutting between um, the the bedroom of of Angie, who plays who plays Natalie, and uh, the bedroom of Buddy, who plays Wayne. And so it was keeping keeping the emotion intact between the two characters without breaking it with the cutting back and forth mm. and then also having the music play and have quite a consistent consistent energy throughout and then having it be a satisfying climax which was something that it's just all these pieces coming together which was definitely i think the most which ended up not being the most difficult scene to shoot weirdly enough <laughs> uh, but it is the scene that that it is my favorite scene and i think it's uh it's the one that comes that that brings the whole film together um emotionally yeah. And so I would I would say that yeah wonderful wonderful good stuff and last question Rishi um, now that you've you know kind of you know ripped the band-aid off and you've got a flavor for directing if you had unlimited funds for your next project what would it be oh that's a great question I mean like obviously a natural thing would be like Star Wars or something like that but <laughs> now I'm I'm actually writing a um an, a feature film. Um, about an Indian couple that go on, on a camping trip and it turns turns sour. Um, so yeah, like, you know, just being completely modest, like just a, a very low budget horror film would be perfect for me. No, well, <laughs> sounds yeah. good though. And I just love the diversity of it in the sense of, you know, we need more of you and more of Verna, you know, people of different nationalities telling stories that hopefully tell us a bit more about your culture from the often stereotyped, you know, uh, depictions of what it is to be Asian and British, you know, because I don't know how many generations you are, but you're gonna obviously have completely different stories than say, you know, your mom and dad or grandparents who came here originally. So we wanna see more of that. So perfect, really, yeah. really cool. And yeah. did you, you, I would love I would love to watch that. That sounds like a really That's cool. what I was saying. I would love to watch <laughs> even a camping trip. Anyone going on a camping trip yeah. I just don't think I've seen that for a while or if ever. And you're telling me that there's a horror genre for it. So I'm like, oh shit, this is <laughs> 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 that's not me at all. I'm like romantic drama all the way, but it just yeah. it's, it's so interesting you say that because obviously like I've I've been I was born in the UK, so and growing up in East London. And like the films that I grew up like with was like Steven Spielberg films like E.T. and Indiana Jones and stuff like that. So it's like my my writing has always been kind of like very like horror, sci-fi, action. -y. Okay. And so like with the vlogger, it was very much um, like kind of Black Mirror type episode. Mm. Um, and I've always loved like femme fatale characters. And that's kind of like what Dixita was playing. And um, so like seeing like an Indian femme fatale is again is something that you have nice. on screen. So. Good. Yeah, it's one of those things, like you say, like just my experiences, but kind of filtering it through like my, like culture, culture and growing up. Yeah, nice one. And Dixita as a leading actress, what 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 role would you like to be cast in next? Oh my gosh, uh, I would love to play someone who's just so flawed, even if I'm playing like an Indian wife, but still so flawed and mm. like kind of, um, you know has is like the ruler of her own little universe even if she's in a patriarchy you know or just like yeah like yes I, I'm going to be your next one Rishi <laughs> I'm going to be the tent um, yes yeah just yeah any even femme fatale oh my gosh yeah 
anything they can get your teeth into like that's mm. you know um I I love sci-fi as well one of my favorite films is the Blade Runner so for me like I I just I love all of that it's so different you know mm. and it can still tell a story so wonderful yeah wonderful. and lastly Verna what about you unlimited funds what are we making <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna go too big. I uh, I'm actually if I could have unlimited funds, it would be for the next short film that I'm hoping to get funding for. We just um, uh, the producer and I had just submitted our our application to the BFI fund, so hopefully we do get that. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Fingers BFI, crossed. BFI, if you're watching, give him the flip. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> no, so that honestly, I think I think you know, it's uh, it's a story about. Um, an old lady in her 70s named Maggie who hires an escort over for tea one afternoon um, and the escort's name is Leon and he's a young black man living in East London and when once he gets to her apartment he and starts to realize that her intentions are a lot different than what he had thought things start to take a drastic turn and so that's all I want to say. <laughs> oh <laughs> probably need to for uh no um what did I do? Uh, well, I've been working on a screenplay for about a year. Uh, it's like a horror comedy that's sort of loosely based on some, uh, like my experience working in like the fashion industry. Um, uh, it's sort of about like a bunch of uh, a freelance team that are hired to shoot some uh, editorials in a, in a French chateau um, and then get sacrificed by their magazine to create like the perfect model. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that. Um, my girlfriend's like a special effects makeup artist, so um, we shot some like screen tests and we did a little short uh, that had a similar kind of like comedic horror vibe um, that, that I'm just finishing up. So I think that'd be like the next the next thing I want to do. A black comedy. It's a black comedy, I would say. Yeah, okay. it's a black comedy. And, and I would say that if I could have unlimited funds, it would be for that just because, you know, I'd like to take the steps to grow my experience as a director, but also I would really like to go to the next level in this short film and really, you know, um, work with a larger crew and mm. uh, work with a larger cast and try and make sure that we have all the uh, all the ne necess necessary resources that we have that we that we need to the make the film as good as it can be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then on, I think it'd be really great. But uh, with or without the funds, we're going to find a way to shoot it because that's at the end of the day, you just kind of have to find a way. So. Yeah, well, no, fingers crossed for that. And as I say, you know, a multitude of people watch Buff and are listening in. They might be commissioners, they might be producers. The All of our um, virtual screenings are supported by the Greenlit Fund, which is a crowdfunding source for specific filmmakers. So if people are watching with money, you're hearing what you're saying. You're hearing what Richie's saying. We've got the yeah. logistic seat. Uh, you know, we've got everything. It's done. It's fine. <laughs> come on hello. <laughs> yeah, guys you guys have been fantastic I just want you guys to just quickly plug your social medias the name of your film obviously everyone knows now that it's available to watch right now today on the Apple TV app so um, let's start again with Rishi and I'll come down the line yeah so uh, my name's Rishi I'm director writer of the vlogger and my um, social handle is on Twitter it's Rish1 so it's R-I-S-H number one as it, so rishi um and on instagram it's vajatron so v-a-j-a-t-r-o-n i didn't do that thing where you're supposed to have the same handle across all your social yeah media. you wanted to mess us up so you're basically <laughs> hard to find <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's really good. We'll put it on the screen as well so everyone can see it once we've edited this. And Dixie, where can we find you on our socials? Yeah, uh, so I, uh, my name is Dixita. I'm an actress, but also co-wrote The Vlogger. And my Instagram is Dixita Pandya Actor, all in one uh, word. And my Twitter is Dixita Pandya May, as in M-A-Y. Superb, lovely. And Verna? Uh, my name is Vernon Revere. I'm a writer and director in uh, the film that I did was uh, Winter Coat, along with an amazing cast and crew. Um, and my social handle, I only have Instagram, and it's just my first name, so Werner, W-E-R-N-E-R, underscore my last name, V-I-V-I-E-R, Revere. Um, but also, if you want to check out my website with more kind of just info, and if you're looking to fund the next project <laughs> it's uh wvivier.com it's easy so yeah good stuff um at Instagram, uh, or you can check me out on uh my website which is lawrenceessex.com can you brilliant and there you have it that was drama showcase free q a i'd like to thank verna rishi dixita for joining us today and go and watch their films, The Winter Coat, The Vlogger, which are shown right now on the Apple TV app. If you're lost on Apple, because it's a massive website, go to our website, www.thebritishurbanfilmfestival.com. You can enjoy all the up-to-date um, announcements on our social media at Buff Connects on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I look forward to seeing you on the next Q&A. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much.